You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Okay, start you start. Oh, he talks first. He blew blue microphone. You're good. Hi, and welcome to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. No, Michael. He's in the upside down. But we're at his house. <laughs> He's he he in the wall the, somewhere. He should not have left that. The floors, they would knock him off. He should not have left that key <laughs> under the mat. Uh, okay, guys. I want to talk about something I've talked about every week, it seems like, for the past two weeks. I wanted to see Joe Hill. Lock and key. It was great. It was pretty much, I, I was a little worried because I thought, most of the time he's at a bookstore. I thought, oh, that's got to be a more intimate setting. You know, I wished it was going to be something like this, but this is... Was it, you could slip your hand around his waist. Yeah, who knows what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it just seems like uh, it would have been a better way to chance of getting things signed or talking to him or pictures or anything. But, and this was at the Charleston Civic Center, but turns out it was... This was probably the best way, and there was... He is, was super cool and just told him up front, hey, uh, the, the woman announced that he, you know, if you want your picture taken with him, you can. Pictures are encouraged. <laughs> he was like all about, you know, hmm. anything. And anyway, he gave a talk and we. Yeah, it didn't sound like it was a huge crowd you had to fight through. No. For, for such mean, a name. Not I, I walked in, I walked in, there was 20 people sitting on the floor and one woman was reading his new book. I was like, that seems like a clue that yeah. this is where I should be, but I'm still going to walk through the entire building before I end up back right here and was. And I got back there. I was probably, you know, 25th person in line or something. So I was in the second row. By the time we, by the time it started though, there was hundreds of people in there, but whoever yeah. was there, whoever's there first got stuff signed first. He signed as much stuff as you brought. Uh, so which makes me wish I would have brought more. <laughs> when I was in there that we did a, he, he talked for a few. He was. These guys have it down to a routine. They pretty much have a comedy act. Because <laughs> I'm sure they, they get the same questions right, over yeah, and over yeah. that they yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. He only, he talked for like ten minutes, and then he only, he read a little from his new book, Strange Weather, and then he talk, um, took Q and A, and it was a obviously just a vehicle for him to answer the same questions he always does. And I was like, after a few minutes, I was like, I'm going to ask something. This is too big of an opportunity to <laughs> do it, and I I can be pretty. Uh, I can put my will out there like you are picking my <laughs> hand, you know, to the guy. So uh, <laughs> they bring Mike over to me. And I asked him. They, no one had brought up lock and key yet, so I did. And uh, If you're familiar with our podcast, uh, you know that I uh, am a fan. <laughs> right. So I asked him about the – I told him how I like to – everyone I work with, I make them read it. and. <laughs> And, it, <laughs> and then when it's done, I said I show them. You want your paycheck? <laughs> right. You're gonna read this book, <laughs> right? And then I show them the 2011 trailer from the Fox pilot they made, and I, then I, and they get all excited because there's a show, and I pull a rug out from under them and say there isn't. He thought that was funny, um, and I, he he so he 
told everybody, anybody that didn't know about it, what it was, and talked about the Hulu pilot they're making right now and how it's not a done deal, you know, that if they get it made and they're going <laughs> to make a comic, World War Z, I mean, World War Key, obviously, is what that, that's... Yeah, because this was more the literary crowd. This was not right. these people read books without the pictures. Crazy. Right. When I was so in line, very people, few probably even. Oh yeah, maybe didn't even, even knew. know he had yeah. a comic, and I'm there. I got well, I got yeah. the first issue. I got this <laughs> huge leather bound edition and stuff. I wanted to sign, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "Read it. It's the best thing." You know? <laughs> but anyway, I can't wait to go over to Seth's house and like all his furniture is signed by Joe Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you get yeah. this couch signed? <laughs> if you bring it, he'll sign it. Um, Why are your dinner plates all say Joe Hill? I've never heard of him. But he, uh, he did not fail. He absolutely called Danny Glover Donald Glover. <laughs> I, I I, he caught himself, but I was like, I can't believe he did that. But, yeah, he's, he said uh, the first book collection will be Lock and Key Revolution. It's going to be set in different war periods. Uh, so it'll be like during the Revolutionary War, the first six issues of the next one will be Resurrection, which will, will be after the story of Lock and Key, what happened after that, and then so on. But it, it was a good, good time. Awesome. And we got some some play on the Facebook page, all the pictures you took. So yeah. if you haven't seen them yet, check out our Facebook page. He took some nice photos with the author. Yeah. And just one last bit of news that I didn't know that he said there was uh, his book Nosferatu, um, which was one of my favorites of his, is getting some play at AMC. They're kind of developing it, a pilot, to see if that could turn into a series. And so that'd be pretty awesome. Um, let's just let's just start. Well, are we starting right off with the? Let's do it. The patented Riverdale breakdown. Might as well. That's what we you come here for. We need a theme song for this. Yeah, we really, yeah, really. Huh. Come on. Something as chipper as the ending theme song that does not match the. Every time that show ends, I'm just like, oh my goodness, how dark and dreary, and then the theme song goes. <laughs> Town that dreaded sundown, season two, episode four. So, gosh, I don't remember where we had left off, but uh, Watcher in the Woods. Yeah, the uh, Jughead does his voiceover as always. Get the comforting <laughs> voice to begin and end every episode, and he's telling us, you know, there's a serial killer among us. Which is pretty playing pretty fast and loose with the term serial killer. One person has been killed. Which he was on a talk show and said for his audition, he did. He tried to imitate Rod Serling from The Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, which is part of the way he got the job because yeah. he he imagined being the narrator. Yeah, that's the first thing that popped into his head. So it's 
<laughs> it's Zach or Cody trying to be <laughs> Rod Serling. Yes, Zach and or Cody. It might be both of them. That would be, the, that'd be, that the would ultimate, be fabulous. The ultimate twist. And one time, like, one of them just steps out from behind the other one <laughs> and grabs the hat off his head. But <laughs> that's who did it. That's the killer. There's only one hat, but there's two jackets. <laughs> yeah. One person has died, but there's two killers. So he starts talking about all the compared. There's the San, Fr- San Francisco, the Zodiac, New Orleans, the Axeman, Texarkana, the Phantom Killer. Riverdale's got the black hood. Librarian's a little ticked because that awful video those red circle non-shirted boys put out. Terror was seeping into the bedrock of Riverdale. The mayor's going to have a town hall meeting about it. Of course. Alice Alice Cooper's fanning the flames north versus south. We see at the blue and gold somebody shove some mail in the slot there that says Betty on it. We're like a little preempt what we're getting to. And we see our arch out shooting his uh, target. Because red circle on a tree shooting at. And then we get. Yeah, that wasn't really well thought. They're all wearing shirts with targets on them. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was <laughs> pretty awesome. Uh, Veronica is already in about the video with her mom. And I forget what her mom or dad said. Basta, mija! <laughs> <laughs> Enough. That's that closed captioning letting you know. <laughs> oh, man. No more Archie. She says, this isn't our Amish country. It's a syrup country. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> syrup country. <laughs> so, Hiram loves that the they're having this town meeting because it's going to equal chaos and confusion for whatever plan he's got going on. We don't know yet. Um, I'm not sure they know what his plan no, is going to be. No, it doesn't matter. He's just the evil <laughs> Mr. Smithers. So, of course, Alice is mad at Betty because she helped Polly escape to the farm, to the trough. <laughs> Archie and Fred, uh, Senior Archie saw the video. He's not happy. He's like, take it down. <laughs> Too late. I did. Everybody shared it. Can't help it, Dad. Uh, Betty gets her mail. Sweet Pea tells Jug he's a sick in the head, Northsider. Does anybody else notice Sweet Pea looks an he awful lot? He looks a lot, lot like Juggy. <laughs> yeah. I thought for a second, is that the other? <laughs> that, did one of them grow? Yeah. He's <laughs> Someone awesome. ate better on the Sweet Life. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're at the uh, South Side and Sweet Pea's you know, yelling about stuff. Fogarty, whoever Fogarty, Fogarty is, he wants to earn his stripes. He's going after Archie. He wants to take his head off. Jack's like, nah, he's milk toast. Did, did you notice Wonder the, Bread? What the laptop they're watching the video no. has even Please been. Please tell me because these are the details I want. <laughs> it's even been toughened up and like they've wrapped it in like some <laughs> yeah, duct love, tape. Yeah, that, some, that laptop. Oh, yeah, that's put awesome. some stickers on it to make it look beat up. Don't ever not even, bring that up. Even the laptops are, are, <laughs> yeah, are ghetto just, and yeah, on the it's south probably, side. Somebody probably drug it across the fence in the cafeteria. I'm sure it's stolen. <laughs> Jughead's like, no, go up to the hood. Leave Archie alone. He's he's nothing. 
And Sweet Pea's like, why would we go after the hood? He's the best, basically, you know. Which is kind of a twist I didn't see coming that he would be yeah. revered by the Southsiders. Folk hero, maybe. So, <laughs> Veronica is talking to Archie and he's basically like, you know, your dad told me to do this stuff, you know. So, don't blame me. Yeah, so I did. Then, Waldo Weatherby, who... Was totally, this is a school club last episode. <laughs> We've had a sudden turn. Yeah. He said, he's telling, uh, Archie, you're off the football team. Heck, the, we're just closing the whole team down. No team until you write an apology letter. And, and which seems like that's getting off pretty easy, actually. Right. Just write an apology letter. No way. He's not doing it. Betty Again, a Reese. bunch of 10th graders really standing up to authority oh, yeah. with, like, confidence, <laughs> completely unearned it's confidence. like the confidence of a mid-20s <laughs> <Yeah>. person. <laughs> well, not only that, but, like, when he just says, nope, not going to do it, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Betty and Kev are in there, and she reads the Hood's letter. Kev's, like, in there trying to make up with her. You know, you shouldn't have told my dad. About me running, getting warmed up for wrestling. <laughs> Which I had a, I have a feeling this is the last we're going to ever talk about about that, and there'll be BFFs again. Like right. that's kind of the arc of that story, well, and the uh, they've made the, up, and yeah, we're fine now. The end of the arc is he re-upped his membership on RedStateMe.com <laughs> app. <laughs> now you had the closed captioning on. How did they spell that? Uh, it was just Red State Meat. Which m e e t or m e a m e a t? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I looked it up. I thought it was the more wholesome version. Yeah, I looked it up. It was a Warner Brothers dead end. <laughs> so it was the correct. You're the one guy. <laughs> There's somebody monitoring that. Oh, like, you <laughs> not the one guy. Trust me. We all know. No. Yeah, it was all guys. But I was the only one just hoping for some elaborate Warner Brothers website. Oh, trust me. I thought I was going to have a gold mine. I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> Can't wait to tell them. Um, we find out that her Jubilee speech inspired the hood, he says. Which am I the one that kind of forgot? What what was uh, her Jubilee I totally speech? I, well, I think it's, I mean, it's from the first season. I'm it left sure. no impact on me, apparently. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a suspect. <laughs> you are uh, not the hood. I do not remember yeah, that even You were happened. there. Everybody was there. So everybody's a suspect. <laughs> He says, town's sinners must show attrition, and this cipher is where the next attack will be, and only you can solve it, Betty. We don't know why. Why is she the only one who can solve it? So, she decides, makes this terrible decision. She's not going to tell about the letter. She's just going to tell the sheriff about the cipher. Yeah. It's a, it's a test. Is she strong, weak, worthy? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Kevin's like, listen, he's a psycho. You're in high school. Uh, she gives a cipher to her mom, gives it to the sheriff, and sheriff's, sheriff Keller's like, well, I'll talk to the cryptologist in Centerville. I'm like, oh, we have another location. <laughs> he, he has something to do with Centerville. So. <laughs> We're putting together a map. But too late. Alice does her patented publish everything before she ever gives it. Ha- <laughs> Somehow it gets published and the sheriff has never seen it until she tells him about it every episode. 
because that's her favorite thing to do. And we're in the locker room. Reggie's telling Archie, okay, I was all in on this until the football team got blasted here, so you're signing this apology letter. And Archie's like, nope, let's go south side. Let's go kick some butt down south side. They hate the north. They hate red circles. They hate, they hate my dad because he's from the north. They went after Moose and the Clumpster because they're from the north. Miss, Miss Grundy Dilton's caught at the north. Dilton's the nor- like, uh, Grundy from Greendale. He's like, she was here. <laughs> <laughs> she was here first, Doily. Uh, so the team quits. We're not helping you anymore, Archie. You're on your own. So Dilton says, you know, you, you've got a gun. You need a bit more. Go to the edge of town after dark, which sounds like a great idea. And we got Veronica. This is a little scene where she's telling her dad, you know, she knows you gave Archie this idea. You poisoned his cute as a button ears. <laughs> oh, Juggy skipping Batty's phone calls now. Oh, yeah, it's not good. He's he is cheat detecting <clears throat> without Betty. True crime is their crack. He says. I mean, you missed a real opportunity <laughs> to say true crime's your jingle dangle is what I thought. <laughs> So while Betty ciphers alone in her room, Archie's getting ready to go to the edge of town. Veronica shows up at his house just to let him know she still supports him. And the most blatant thing, we have to discuss this. Guys, Archie is always out of vibe. The, the, the comics, everything. It's a fifties deal. They, I have to give them some credit for balancing modern technology they all have cell phones and everything you know clearly brand new but everything is from the 50s in the show his tv is his wooden I box tvs just set i was like it's the console it's TV. just the yeah. tv like when i was born that's what they had <laughs> i was like what the heck i was just like where it's the decor. I think we got switch blades and poodle skirts yeah. and you know, all this. That we just ever just gets glossed over. That it's 2017, and we got Nancy Drew secret code books from 1974 uh, that she was reading as a child in 2009. <laughs> uh, that TV really bothered me. I think they had that scene just to rub that in my face. Goes to the survival store with his fake ID, Wilbur Wilkins. You know Wilbur Wilkins is? I did. I looked it up. Uh, go for it. It's kind of the off-brand Archie. <laughs> Archie uh, Archie comics were so popular, they put out another mischievous teen comic. I think he was blonde. Was really the only difference. We had a letter jacket, high school romantic hijinks, that kind of stuff. So kind of, it was an Archie brand. It was the Archie who published it, but it was Wil- Wilbur Wilbur Comics, I think it was called. <laughs> Got him a ammo holster and Kevlar vest. Uh-huh. Guys like going hunting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't Sounds like I always go hunting with my Kevlar vest, which I don't remember him wearing. Did he wear it to the south think. side? And uh, his shirt was way too tight. Yeah, because he doesn't walk around like bulky. Yeah, <laughs> you got to show off the guns. Betty wakes up Jughead at his where he stays and. He's got his hat in his hand. He hasn't even put his hat on yet, but it's clutched in his hand. <laughs> and they decide to, she's like, let's crack this code together. 
He's like, yeah, about that. Me and Tony and working on it. We'll catch you up. Ooh, that's bad, bad. But she is an enlightened woman. She says, out, we'll get Kev. Four of us will do it together. We're not going to let this mess us up, Jug. No matter how bad you're trying to screw this up. Then we see Veronica made t-shirts. She's got her some... Don't I look good in my scoop neck? <laughs> but yeah, everyone else, they're handing out the generic white tees, but hers yeah. look like a fitted, oh, yeah, yeah. like yeah. perfectly uh, yeah, tailored they, t-shirt. They set that up. Yeah. Oh, that was a Michael K. Easton <laughs> special. Uh, but yeah, Cheryl's the one handing out all the t-shirts. That was basically all she did this episode. So we get to the code-breaking party for some... Betty Seeney. Seth's like, let me get my notebook. I'll oh, be there. I'll I be almost there. Almost took a screenshot. <laughs> it was like, I was like, I'm headed to Reddit. We're gonna figure out this code. I'm glad I didn't bother, but I did. I did think about it. Uh, she's seen these symbols before, so it definitely has something to do with her. Tony says, "Well, maybe figure it out. You loosen your ponytail." Oh no, Kevin says the best line <laughs> in the whole thing. Betty's ponytail is iconic and beyond reproach. <laughs> you don't diss Betty's ponytail. That was the best. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm not sure I like Betty again yet, but her ponytail <laughs> will not be questioned. <laughs> well, she's like... I genuinely thought by the end of the episode, like, the clue would have something to... Like, she would have some kind of... Kind of so a realization like to do with her ponytail or letting her hair down or something Speaking of kaiser sose i had sent i put posted those pictures last year uh, when i had the Dilton mm. doily uh theory and <laughs> i resent them this week to the vanity fair writer <laughs> at, because she was talking about how she was starting to come around on Dilton Doyle. i was like i'm re-yarn walling this she's like i'm i'm back in <laughs> um so they're saying, you know, the hood obviously hates Northsiders. Tony doesn't like that. She's like, oh, you think it's a serpent? Well, guess what? Juggy sets with us serpents in the cafetorium. Burn. <gasps> oh, man. For survival, he says. I feel like a better love triangle would be between Jughead, Betty, and just a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> like Jordan was saying, he, was it, weren't you saying he should have like grabbed her hamburger after she left? Last she always gets stuff? excited and yeah, has to go leave on a mission and never finishes yeah, a meal. Not, they heard us talking that we needed him eating more, mm-hmm. but they're not handling it in the obviously best ways. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a much better. Like him talking to her, but really only paying attention to the hamburger that she's not eating. <laughs> the hamburger has a little ponytail. Just constantly eating her fries, things like that. Sucking yeah. down, putting two straws in the milkshake and sucking the whole thing down while she's talking. Anyway. Get to these important things. So, But he's like, we gotta work on the cipher. And Jug is like, like, it could be this guy's laundry list. What? <laughs> So, Archie goes to the south side. There's a big S on the street. So, we know that's where he's at. Starts painting red circles because he's weird. <laughs> Sweet Pea's like, you think you're just going to come down here and tag our turf? But Sweet Pea makes a grave mistake. He brings a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> it's like Archie was itching to get that gun out. Yep. Sweet Pea was like, you can go. We're not going to yeah. do anything. And he Archie had to run his mouth a little more. What about the switchblade? What about the gun? Yeah, I'm not sure the actor 
his range could do kind of that, that nuance of, I'm on the edge here, I'm losing it. So it is just like from zero to 60, from sweet archikins to I'm putting a gun in your face. I actually feel like <laughs> at this point, I don't know that he can do normal at all. <laughs> like, he's the one character that's never normal. He's always spazzing out, like... Is there going to be... I was worried that at the end of the last season, this is what they were going to do with Jughead. Jughead was going to go bad serpent, and mm-hmm. it was going to be annoying. And luckily, they didn't do that, because this is the, this guy is on the edge. Yeah. I think he's on the edge of real life. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I, I think they're trying too hard to, to make it more Archie-centric this year. Like, season one wasn't really about Archie at all. Yeah. He was just kind of there. I mean, other than like, he's obsessed. He talk, he talk, he's obsessed. He wants vengeance. All this. I don't know what. He's just, I don't know. It's a show. I know. Anyway, Jug and Betty, Jughead and Betty wake up together on the couch and his neck hurts because he slept with his hat on and she's supposed to be home. How is her mom not? There's a killer Nobody, on the yeah. loose. Nobody and noticed. Her 10th grade daughter <laughs> didn't come home, and there's little said about this. It's a um, Stranger Things school of parenting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh-oh. Waldo Weatherby and Sheriff Keller interrupt biology class. You know, I know it's biology, because said, uh, sorry for interrupting, Dr. Phylum. <laughs> Which is a, a very biological term. So they just, here's how we get that point across. Said, uh, some bodega owner <laughs> saw red hair and a gun in the south side. Obviously, as usual, it was your Cheryl. <laughs> we have any other redheads? I don't know. He's like, I was playing Garage Band. That's not exactly what he said, but that's basically what he was doing. Yeah, remember um, that thing I was obsessed over in season one, my music that I've not yeah, mentioned no, all season two? I played two? a song like half the episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like season one, he'd come in, like sing a song once you an episode. Because and that he was could. It. Because his dialogue was always weird and spastic. So like, just <laughs> sing a song. <laughs> you know, like, uh, we're going to look, search your locker for weapons of contraband. Don't you need a warrant? Call Senior Archie. <laughs> then what do they find in there? The Black Hood. Now, does everyone understand why the Black Hood is there? Nope, not at all. It was a hilarious prank, wasn't it? (laughs) It did start out as a hilarious prank. Dude, we're going to plant evidence! I I followed the trail. I followed the trail. I know why, and I wonder if you guys caught this detail that I did not point out at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Obviously, the, the Hood was at his house when he ripped it off Reggie's head. Right. And so, it, how, what reason did it come to the school with him with the gun? Because the gun that he hid in the toilet, which we have to talk about, uh, <laughs> there's one reason. Because as he's going to school, he does target practice. And he's got the circle in the tree, but gotta go back and look. I'll, I'll just send you a picture, really. <laughs> he puts the hood on the tree above the target. I did not notice that. <laughs> I did It is the best. Hell, if you watch it, screenshot everything, it's the best. I'm like, that black hood on the tree. <laughs> oh, well, that was, he's banned from school now. No football, no school. Uh, there's a little talk that seems kind of a clue what's going on with Hermione. She's telling, uh, Veronica, 
got to be loyal, but not blindly loyal. So I think she's trying to, oh, it's another one where you were saying that she's probably trying to protect Veronica in some way. And, you know, I hope so. I hope yeah. there's a reason for why she's acting all weird. Right. And contradictory every episode, saying one thing or doing another. So Betty left her books at Juggies. And the hood letter fell out. He's like, why didn't you tell me? She's like, you left for Southside. He's like, I've been gone two days. <laughs> I'm like, they really, there's only been two days. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Feels like longer. Um, so like geographically, how far away I do we think know. these schools are? I don't know. The edge of town, ta- the edge of town is between there. <laughs> Because you don't stop on your, you know, you don't go past Southside to go get your Kevlar vest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So she's telling him, you know, only she can solve it. He's he gives her a little, nudges her brain a little bit, tells her, you know, you're like Nancy Drew meets a girl with a dragon tattoo, light bulb. Oh yeah, Nancy Drew. That's what it is. So pop culture references to the way to the rescue. Archie tells Veronica, you need to go get the gun from the school because I can't get it now. And I left it in a really odd bathroom to be at the school. (laughs) There's a bathroom with one toilet. It has a tank on the back. This is not a school bathroom. Uh, It was, I was like, what? It was very godfather to have the, you know, gun in there. She gets it out, tells him she threw it in Sweetwater River. So, as they're talking at his house, Reg, Doyle, and the boys bring pizza. Think, oh, we're going to have a happy ending. Yep, that'll make it all better. He's like, you didn't tell that that hood was mine. And you know what that, you know what that makes you in the book of Reg? That <laughs> 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 makes you a top tier badass. Oh. <laughs> uh, Veronica's like, up oh, travel outside. Archie. Immediately. Archie hurdles the coffee table. Answers the door, sweet peas there. I love that name. Uh, it's payback time. Oh yeah, well, bulldogs eat serpents. Everybody knows that. Veronica, I'm not sure whether she more instigated the fight or was really saved things. You know, she's like, now, you troglodytes want to fight. There's going to be rules, no weapons, and all that jazz. No guns or knives. You can't. What a fifty sort of thing. Yeah. Like, we're going to rumble tonight. Well, yeah, yeah let's like. dance, dance on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're at the library. Betty used to check out this Nancy Drew book obsessively. The Nancy Drew secret code activity book. Okay, we need to discuss this. Obviously, whoever the Hood is would know this about her. There's a lot. The forty-ish thing, you know. There's going to be more than one person involved here because there's no way that it's. Yeah, we'll get a red herring before yes. we figure out what it really yeah. is. Yeah, I, I. It feels like it could be anybody that knew her back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, Everybody else feels the Dilton stuff, right? You, you. No, to me, it's going straight to. Senior Betty to her dad. <laughs> I, I know. 
because I feel of like the age. I feel like that's the red herring. Because he, yeah, he keeps disappearing us. for long stretches. Right. Yeah. We don't he, see him very often. I think he's the red herring. Yeah. So that's what to me is the most obvious choice. Right. I'm not saying that's what I'm assuming it, could it be is. Both. That's what I think it could be both. But Dilton is a player in this. <laughs> He's always just there. He's got all the ideas. He's I, I I feel like they're saving him for something else I'm, besides. Well, there's this. one more thing I mean, we'll get to here. So I think yeah, go out on the Dilton branch again this season. I am. We'll see how far. You think I made that picture just so <laughs> I can right now? Dilton So he's right. Dilton's doing something. Dilton did something here. He's not just. The adventure scout hanging out with the... By, like, season six, he's done, like, a hostile takeover of Lodge <laughs> Industries. <laughs> he's the king fan of Riverdale. That's going to be... We're up to a double episode. Um, so, they figured out it's at the town hall where it all started, where she gave her speech that we all remember <laughs> vividly. Uh, and so, the, you know... Aaron McCoy. Which don't, wait, did that, did we, is that what, because it didn't, <laughs> ha- like nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. So I thought that was going to be the twist, like where, that was not where it all began. Right. And I thought maybe he would strike it Sweetwater River, you know, where right. the crimes began or what, mm-hmm. but like we didn't really get a playoff or payoff well, of what that even meant. Betty pulled that fire alarm before anything happened. So that's why I thought it would be like a like they guessed wrong mm. again. It's that self centered. Oh, when I gave that speech, that's when this all began. Right. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't all involve yeah. you guys. It's all yeah. It's all Archie thinks it's all <laughs> yeah. about him. Betty thinks it's all about her. Yeah, that's why Dilton is so upset because they are so self centered. <laughs> I'm gonna pull this around. They never paid attention to him as a kid. She stole his Nancy Drew book, and would anyway. <laughs> I feel like if Dilton did it, he'd be stabbing people with pointy sticks. He's always whittling. Oh, yeah. It would use a gun. So, Alice, of course, stands up at the town hall and let's, has a great idea, by the way. Let's just shut down Southside High School to pay for more cops to look for this. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Just, Put, put, Typical North Side thinking. Yeah, I don't even care about the education <laughs> of these hundreds of kids. She gets a round of applause. <laughs> Fred was a victim of vicious, what, what, insane Southside bloodlust. What do they think they're going to do if you shut down the high school? They're using the money to hire But what do you do with those kids? They're just out there causing trouble. They're out just doing the jingle jangle. I don't know. If you recycled all that chain link fencing, you could probably get turn a pretty penny at the recycling center. <laughs> but, I mean, what... Uh, uh, like, are they going to move him over to Riverside? Because that's going to go so well. Oh. Se- Senior Archie stands up and says, <laughs> everybody just chill out. It's not necessary. Well. You talk about this town being divided. Alice, you're the one holding the cleaver. The south side is not the issue. Hiram looks over at Hermione. He's like, this guy's going to be a problem. I'm going, I, well, I like all this chaos that Alice is whipping up. And we don't need Fred calming everything down. And Alice's like, at least your son's out throwing elbows. I can't say much about your son, Archie, but at least he's out there throwing elbows. Flashback to the fight that's getting ready to go down the rumble. That's really, yeah, rumble, rumble in Riverdale. (laughs) Uh, got the, it's the juggy voiceover starting to wrap up the show and 
fight time in the rain. Dilton removes his glasses. <laughs> Archie slow mo sucker punches Sweet Pea. Dilton has no business being here. Dilton has an agenda. Dilton's there for a reason, and I'm about to clear that up for you. <laughs> that's, I always remember that Simpsons line where there's like the big mob fight. They find the Yakuza, and he's like, Mars, the little guy's going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Milton, he's on the sidelines. You know he's going to do something. Dilton. <laughs> um, so... Archie lays out Sweepy. I thought Sweepy was going to be out for the whole fight because yeah. for a second you see him just he just he's topples out, over. He is knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> he just falls over like a leaf. I'm like, oh my gosh! But he's up fighting shortly thereafter. Um, of course, typical. I can't. Wait, has, are we to imply Archie has ever been in a fight in his life? And he's like throwing hook, like he's he got perfect form. What do you do? Punch first. I, yeah, I, I don't know. So I love how it was shot too, all on slope. I mean, oh, it yeah, looks like the Zack Snyder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were like kicking each other and stuff. That was serious. <laughs> Yeah, it was like that uh, anchor man sort of. Like somebody yeah, had a trident. Yeah. <laughs> Stabbed someone with a trident. Um. So. Uh, Betty and Jughead run to the town hall. Just in time. St- Everybody leave. The mayor, of course, stays your seats. Calm down. <laughs> always the wrong thing to say. It just, you know, just so you know, people, if someone else, everybody leave, there's, this is, we gotta get out of here. File orderly out of the building. Don't listen to the standard seats. Then, things are getting, there's a lot of chaos in this fight. Uh, Veronica ends up having to stop it, shooting in the air. And. But she had time to go get a raincoat. Yeah, the only smart one to go out and get. They just stand there, get drunk. Dilton has been stabbed in the leg. Which, guys, he stabbed himself in the leg. <laughs> I hope everyone's on to that. So don't tell me he doesn't have something to do with this. <laughs> they didn't show it, but he definitely stabbed himself in the leg. And then as they're driving to the hospital, he's like, blame it on the serpents. They stab, stab me out. All part of his plan. I don't know what. I'm not saying he is the killer, you know, because it's a 40-ish guy with green eyes. We know that, but right. he's doing something dastardly here. Dastardly Dilton is <laughs> up for hashtag. <laughs> um, Veronica does a heck of a job healing shirtless Archie. Another Michael Case scene. <laughs> I mean, I know that if he was hitting likes on what scene he likes, it's the t-shirt passing out scene. We would have got screenshots. (laughs) Now we know he takes pictures on his phone. They're talking about these fraught times we're in. Which I don't feel we gave enough discussion to that particular nuance of Michael's watching experience of having to pause and take screenshots (laughs) of his favorite moments in every show. Oh, yeah. And to share them with us. Yes. And like complete non sequitur, just we just get images randomly messaged to us <laughs> with no context and no, no explanation. Uh, they decide to go back to the bridge where it all began, where he got the gun. They're going to pitch it. Where it all began? I believe mm. that was just a reference to it's where he got the gun. But what if the Black Hood knew that? 
And Juggy says Killerdale is no longer the... He doesn't say that, but he says Riverdale is no longer the town with pep. <laughs> town the dreaded sundown. We see Betty get a cell call from the Black Hood. And then the happy music play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, I can't say this was my favorite episode of the run. This just sort of... Come on. Other than the fight scene. <laughs> uh, we haven't been let down yet this season. That's all I gotta say. Uh, so far, so good. Lots of good gems in but Yeah, there just wasn't that that crazy twist. or that, even that... what it was. And I, I I know what it was for me. I'm a Cheryl. Yeah, Could that's be. true. Could be. I feel like they're holding her back. Like oh, something yeah. great's about to happen her, with her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, stay tuned. <laughs> Another one this week. Can't wait. Well, I read the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic Ooh, book. What comics? Over Halloween. <laughs> How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. Happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> uh, they've collected the first five issues into a, the first story arc trade. And, and it comes out like Afterlife with Archie. You get an issue maybe every eight months if you're lucky. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was written by Aguirre Sacasa, the same guy who wrote, you know, the zombie story and is the showrunner of this show. Yes. And it's, there's, there's enough there that could be an interesting series if that's what they want to base it on. Um, some, you know, taking a lot of the classic character names and place names, like this show does, and then reimagining them into a new context. And like the main villain was Madame Satan, who was a, a back in the Archie comics of the 50s again, it was kind of a, uh, they do like an anthology series, like Chilling Adventures or whatever they were called. And she was the bride of Satan who could seduce men into doing her bidding and all that stuff. So again, they're recycling a lot of these old characters. And, and it was, yeah, I read it on Halloween night and the day after, and the story actually took place on Sabrina's 16th. She was born on Halloween, and her 16th birthday is like the witch's Sabbath. And so I was like, I read it on the perfect, <laughs> the yeah. perfect couple of days that kind of tied in. So it, I mean, there's a lot of like the blurbs on the back, like a horror masterpiece, a new definition of scares and chills. I mean, it wasn't that, but it was, it was a fine story. Yeah. When do you think they're going to bring her on the show? I'm, I don't know, cause like, they haven't cast her yet. Or okay, we would yeah, know. it would be a while. It, I, there's, I'm assuming, I, I've thought since the beginning that they're gonna go diverse. You know, it's probably not gonna be some little white girl, which I'm fine with. And I, I'm just curious when it's coming, I assume they'll wait till next season. Sounds like, you know, it seems like they, it's, this is the right time to be bringing magic into everything, which means next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that fits. Uh, yeah, they're they're really gonna have to take a hard left turn to make that fit in the. It's thing. gonna. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm curious how the weird is gonna fly when there's that involved. When there's not something grounded to base everything in. If it's based on magic, it's just. I don't yeah. Know. And the, the comic series is actually set in the early 60s, so it's a period piece. And Betty and Veronica are two aspiring witches as well, so it's not set in the regular Archie universe for sure. Oh, yeah. Hmm. 
Now, was this the one from a couple of years ago? Was that? Yeah, yeah. They just have one trade paperback out so far, and I think maybe they're on issue eight or Who's something. Who's the like artist? That. Uh, Robert Hack. Okay. Because I remember, yeah, I, I, I was going to get it, but I didn't because I loved Afterlife with Archie mm-hmm. Francis Francavilla or whatever his name is. I love his art. Okay, let's do some streaming. Woohoo! Nothing's going to go back to the way that it was. Not really. I saw something. What is it? I don't know. I felt it. Everywhere. Darkness falls across the land. Midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. Whosoever shall be found. Sometimes I feel like it's the sea. Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Whatever is happening is spreading from this place. What is that? That haven't got to really talk about Stranger Things. Cliff's burst at the seams here. <laughs> I really was. I, I was very excited to do uh, Stranger Things. Episode. So who won the binge race? Who was the first one through it? Uh, probably me. Yeah. I usually so. win easily. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get trophies made for each big yeah. series. Yeah, I, I did watch it um, over last weekend. So it took me a couple days, but yeah. I think you were done with it because you guys got a head start on me. So, but you just finished it today. I finished it about an hour ago. That's so good. It's you guys fresh. Talk it up. And it's like, I don't like binge racing. Mm-hmm. I'll do it because I'm competitive that way now. <laughs> <laughs> like, but this show doesn't feel like this. Feels like a nine hour movie. Yeah. yeah. Like the earlier episodes are slower, and it kind of builds, and like it's not episodic. And that each one has a plot line. Like, I can't say, oh, episode three was my favorite. Like, it's all one thing to me. It's, right, it's one yeah. stretch of story. Yeah, it doesn't really separate in my That's head. That's why what it, this felt episode. easier to binge because you didn't feel like you were starting over each time. Mm-hmm. It was, you yeah. were definitely just rolling along. Yeah, and that's that's definitely credit to the Duffer Brothers. I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I was very excited about it just as a whole. I love Stranger Things. It just, it was so authentic. And I was afraid of a huge letdown with two, season two. And I don't, it, it was so much more the same, but so much more. But that's what you wanted. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what you should do with the sequel. And I, you know, the like we talked about, season one was so just sudden. It was just no breaks. You didn't get a 
minute to really stop and think about it, anything before you were on, you know, to the next whatever. And this one, I, like you said, it was a little bit slower getting started. We had a little bit more character development. You kind of, it doesn't just force feed you into what's happened in the last year. And here we are. Um, it kind of develops a little bit slower. And I like they took a year's time mm-hmm. in real life. So when they flash back and the characters all look a lot younger, <laughs> it didn't seem yeah. jarring. Like we're, we're going in real time, They're basically. They're going to have to do that every season. Which, yeah. well, I won't say anything, but. What? In that last episode, they make some, we, like, well, how long do you, uh, okay, listen. Yeah. How long do you think it'll take? Probably about a year. So I was like, coming <laughs> in fall of 2018, right. like, you could write that down. Right. Uh, well, we're gonna, anything we say, we're gonna spoil Stranger Things, yeah. because you've all watched it by now. Yeah. So, or if not, stop and listen <laughs> when you're done. But yeah, I, and, and that's what made it, again, that was the authenticity of it. It, it just has such a authentic feel with everything, just, the attitude, what's happening, the cars, the clothes, the the furniture, even. Um, it's so 1980s, and I just love it so much. And be like, Michael, I just love it so much. Well, uh, I gotta say, you, we, Michael brought up that Goldberg's episode. Yeah, that was the best one ever. And then you mentioned there was a, a Dark Tower board yeah. game that you had as a kid. Not online. We're, we're not. This is just us talking. Audience, this was all private conversation. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, so I watched that Goldberg's episode, and I, I don't. I, I enjoy the show, but I don't watch it all the time. Episode one hundred, and it was. It's all so like surface. Mm-hmm. You walk into a room, and it's all set dressing. Yeah. It's all here's this game pointed Absolutely. toward the camera, and it's like it's built and constructed and artificial. Where Stranger Things is not. Stranger Things feels so lived in and authentic. And I'm sure there's some anachronisms and there's some things that are off if you really dove into it. But I don't know. To me, it just feels like those people live in those houses. Those kids are real middle schoolers. It just it doesn't feel Hollywood 80s air quotes. No, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, that's what we talked about last year. Even the look of the actors are so, you know, just regular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the pretty girl is, you know, she just kind of looks like a regular girl in the movie. She doesn't have a... You know, she has a regular girl haircut for the time and she doesn't wear fancy clothes or anything like that. Um, even, even when Steve and Nancy go to the, uh, the Halloween party, uh, the high school Halloween party and they're dressed up and I'm, I, it took me a minute to realize they were in a costume, <laughs> but he was Tom Cruise. Of course, he had the sunglasses. She's like, take those things off. And, but they were from the risky business mm-hmm. characters. So, which, you know, was right. Would have been the po- a very popular movie at that time. So, but yeah, we find, uh, I don't know, uh, as far as characters, do you have a favorite character in here? Uh, I can I mean, tell you who my favorite characters are not. Like, <laughs> Dustin is kind of the fan favorite. He gets kind of uh, the of best line. I think the first season he was definitely everybody's favorite. I'm over him. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I, I will admit, as we were watching it, my wife and I were we were sitting there watching it, and uh, as as we were, she looks at me and she goes, "Boy, you really like Dustin, don't you?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah, he's pretty funny." She's like, "You just giggle every time he says something." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, yeah, uh, all right, um." Whatever. Just the way he interacts with the other adults just cracks me up. It, it really does. <laughs> the, he does not suffer fools. That line he kept saying, uh, 
Well, or, you know, where he kept doing the thing about his teeth and <laughs> making the growl. Yeah. I told you to stop that. I'll see you tomorrow. Later. And I, I was like, that was so the annoying friend that does that all the time. <laughs> yep. Like, that that was that was well done. The fact that the, you know some kid who thinks they do something cool and they never stop doing it. <laughs> uh, I say Lucas is probably the maybe the, the weakest actor of the bunch because these other and that's most kid actor. He's on par with any other kid actor, but like everyone else is so good, mm-hmm. they kind of he seems a little behind on things because especially that that Will who was barely in the first season. Yeah. And I wondered, okay, he's going to have to carry a lot of this season, and we barely know this kid, we've barely seen him, is he a good actor? And he just blew the doors off. Hmm. Just the physicality, like, just creepy, shivering, and, like, the screaming, and the kind of, like, being possessed, kind of, like... There's a monster inside me, like, and like the that can when look he would stupid. yes, it yeah. can very much, but like the way he would scream, and it's like pain and rage, like that's like Oscar caliber. The what that kid was doing, I, I was super I impressed. Agree. He was really good. Yeah, so I definitely I love Dustin. I love Dustin and his interaction with his mom and the cat and all, all that business. Um, I still, and I know everybody. Is like, oh, Steve really came around. It's, I can't stand Steve. <laughs> and I don't really particularly like Nancy. Just going back to season one. I just saw a thing today that was like, there's a huge sub subculture out of anti-Nancy, like oh, Redditors yeah. and stuff. And I was like, I don't quite Nancy get that. Nancy is the but... worst. <laughs> it's her fault Barb is dead. <laughs> well, okay, that's a mistake, but... That's all these kids have made like mistakes. That, that set off the Does whole she thing, though. Deserve all this hate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a favorite character. Like they're all. I thought they. I think they're all good. But like, yeah, Mike acts like a complete jerk toward Max, and 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 you know, Lucas was mean to Eleven. Like they're all. Mm-hmm. They're not all heroes. They're not all great kids. Like they're dumb kids, and they sometimes are petty or you know. Bully, they, yeah, yeah like so Nancy. it's hard to say, oh, I hate you because you made that one decision 12 episodes ago. Not hard for Cliff. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, Nancy, Steve, and new Steve are just deplorable. New Steve. <laughs> so, and that's how you I didn't feel, to... you didn't get, you didn't get any kind of sympathy. No, not for at the all. new bully. Like, I can, I cannot get past season one. Nancy making a horrible decision and choosing uh, Steve over her friend Barb, and Barb dies and gets killed and sets the whole thing. She didn't know that there was this monster, <laughs> but like, it was her. In high school, sometimes Steve... you got to get it in. You just let your, <laughs> your friends go walking home or whatever. Just, oh, jeez. But I very much like Cat Daddy. I'm sure you were were just freaking hanging with your friends in high school. Yeah, I I like that That they they didn't leave the Barb thing hanging because that was a big complaint of season one. Like, who didn't mention Barb? Like, the story's continuing. There's more to tell about that. So I'm glad that had kind of front uh, and center. And Bethel went through the upside down. Yeah, if this was a real small town, uh, yeah, like. We don't just forget, if a high school kid's murdered or missing, like, that's gonna be a big story. We don't just kind of forget about it because she's a secondary character. And the little detail of Steve and Nancy keep, you know, of course they feel horribly guilty for the awful choices they've made. And they keep going back to Barb's parents and having this dinner. 
and, uh, you know. Trying to redeem herself. Yes, and just being horrible and not saying anything because we're just going to eat the colonel's chicken and pretend like, oh, she's still out there and we're going to let you sell your house and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, introduce this reporter and he's going to, you know, solve it all for us. So. Wow. I did not know that this turn was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, the only comment I really had was, I was pretty. I, you liked the season one. I liked, but you weren't one. all about it. I didn't go ape crazy like everybody else did about it. I was like, yeah, this is good. I would, I would watch again, and I will watch again. I, I've all, I've always liked it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I t- when it when episode seven hit, I was like, what? I texted you guys. I was like, yeah, that what was the <laughs> heck happened. Yeah, that was to awful. this show that just became. Whatever it was, I, they didn't. I did. I did this. I'm talking about when it was a side quest. Yeah, Eleven goes off. She over the stupidest thing. I mean, she like, she goes and sees Mike with what's her face, Mad Max, and that's it. Boom, she's off to Chicago and finding herself, <laughs> meeting all. She meets eight, and you know that, and that. <laughs> I made a little picture of a girl. She made her look like the girl from The Walking Dead <laughs> that showed up and annoyed me. And I, I was like, it was just, I didn't like any of his character. I thought it was sh- badly written. All the, yeah. the dialogue, it was like a bad, you know, there's so many shows on TV now about X-Men type characters. And this was just another episode, a bad episode of one and, of those shows. And this show does characters so well. Right. Every little, you know, the librarian he talks to you for 10 seconds is a real character and just seems like an interesting person. <laughs> the teachers, the, the family member. And like, my paddles! Yeah, so the characterizations are done so well. And then you introduce these people and they're all weird cliche they look like they're stepping out of a music video or something. Yeah, I just, did not like that when I watched it. I was like, "No, this is uh, what, what are we doing?" You, we're <laughs> yeah, it was just. But now, granted, just a it was one episode, and, and for the most part, everything else was good. And the only thing is, so then the next episode, you're just waiting. You have that <laughs> Deus Ex Machina. Just yeah, it's coming. No matter what trouble you know they're going to be in the next episode, she's going to come strolling in. Well, the argument I saw was to keep this show going, you're going to have to expand and move outside of Hawkins or introduce new characters. If they they move outside of Hawkins, that's when it's over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I kind of agree there. I felt that the Chicago episode... I think somebody could come to Hawkins. It felt... Well, that's true. You know, the Mm -hmm. Mohawk dude should... Come with his nut little No, mic. just the girl. Mo no, Hawkins. I, I, <laughs> no, I thought that episode, though, the more I thought about it, the more Did I was... Did you say Mo Hawkins? Mo Hawkins. Okay. <laughs> Should I get that down? <laughs> I thought it was very 80s, though. It was that episode, you know, of any 80s sitcom that kind of takes a turn and it's a very special episode type thing um, that was just horribly... <laughs> you watch different shows than I did. Horribly bad. <laughs> Overall, it was good. I liked Sean Astin. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He and good. Paul Reiser, even like yeah. again, characterizations like he could be 
the evil villain or Bob could be the bumbling husband. Yeah. But like, there's such nuance to all in just such short amount of time on screen. There's such fully realized three dimensional characters. I, I just love it. I totally agree. I love Paul Reiser, and I thought that was good that he, you know, how they did him. And there was a scene that touched <laughs> my heart a little bit. Oh my god! It just made go. me feel so bad. Where. Nancy? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nancy, Nancy and Mike's parents, they're horrible people also. Right. It's no wonder she's so oh yeah, making these awful decisions and ruining people's lives. Let it as go, kids. Let it go. As punishment to Mike, his dad is completely clueless through the entire thing. He has no idea what's happening. Um, but as punishment, they tell Mike he needs to get Philip two boxes. And we see Mike in his room with his toys, and he's got to sort through his toys and fill up two boxes that he ha- they're making him get rid of. What do you have? Well, it's just everything. <laughs> and he's sitting there. Every, of course, I he's forgot. sitting there with the the falcon on his lap, and it's like, oh, Mike, don't put it in there, Mike. Don't put it in there. <laughs> that's the don't that's, do it. that's the scariest scene in the show yeah, for Cliff. <laughs> Cliff started sweating. He's like, no, Mike, no, <laughs> I did that. I did. Why don't we have all been there? Awful. Okay, this annoyed me. I didn't like the whole, I mean, it's a trope, but the whole Dustin hiding dart, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It was they, E.T. Like, yeah. Yeah. But they, they make such a point of this, we don't lie, you know, don't want to put our friends in danger, and he's obviously doing that. That was kind of annoying. I just like, didn't like how long that went on. It's it's annoying to me now, yeah. but had I watched this in 1984, it would have just seemed perfectly normal. It was, uh, I, you know, yeah, my I think I liked it. I love the aesthetic it, of it and everything, but there's some predictable things they do, and I think that's why I love it so much. And maybe that's the difference in our viewing is I'm watching it like I'm in 1984, <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm five or six years old, and this is happening right now. You hold like toys on your lap while you watch. Exactly. You like put taking, put together and take apart Transformers <laughs> while you do it. Oh no, we didn't have. I yeah, I got to agree. Like this show is very rare for me, in that I don't want to nitpick it. Yeah, I yeah. just enjoy it, and I have such a hard time, especially you know knowing we need content for the podcast. Like I watch everything critically. I did before we did podcasts. So for me to just enjoy a show and just love the characters and just get excited about where it's going without any of that negative stuff clouding up. Mm. To me, this show is very rare and that it's just fun to watch. I love all the characters. I'm excited to see where it's going. So I, I don't, I mean, yes, you could nitpick right. every little thing that, well, this was a nuance of the, you know, it would be very easy to do, but I just don't feel like it. I just nope. enjoy it. Yep. Totally enjoy it, except for Nancy. And, <laughs> and oh, yeah, the relationship, well, just, you know, another point between Hopper and Eleven, the fact that, of course, he's the one that finds her um, and is hiding her to protect her and has got his three rules and they're out in the woods in the cabin and all that. But poor Eleven, she's just sitting there watching crappy 80s television daytime television all three day. three channels hey yeah. we all had to do it 
<laughs> we've all we've I all feel sorry for as compared to nowadays, but back then we were all at some point didn't yeah. have anything to do except sit there. Yeah, it was absolutely well continue to watch. Um so where do you think it's going? Nineteen eighty five. Well that like the ending I won't say specifically what it is, but it ended kind of those were kind of like the promos for this season. Like That's I thought we I mean. were going to get it that could easily have been the beginning of this season. Like yeah, it's almost so like you didn't go anywhere. It's like yeah, we did this whole thing, but here's this thing still. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, the I, very end just sort of perplexed me a little bit that there's not something else lurking out there, or uh, we've just sort of postponed it. We I haven't we haven't defeated what, it. What we're supposed to take is up to this point that monster or whatever did not know about 11 right and now it does and it's kind of like setting out there like okay taking stock now this chick is in play what am i going to do about her season two was uh, exactly it was kind of like okay we're getting the band back together with all of our characters and that's about as far as it went that was kind of the whole point for me is we're just getting everybody back together and get ramped up for whatever's coming down the line so, yeah, because if they'd spent all year with Eleven going to school with them, like I know people are kind of frustrated that she was kind of to the sideline this season, but I think you kind of needed that. You need to go mm-hmm. kind of try to go back to normalcy yeah. and have her learn about herself and her family. So, yeah, I, I I would have rather enjoyed the whole team together all season, but I think you know seeing them apart is going to build toward whatever. Yeah, next. this was what I thought. Yeah. Doing it this way was much better, um, and and just developing everybody. And my God, speaking of Lucas, how great is his little sister, Erica? Don't know, don't care. Is she, is she with Mike? Like I said, I don't know, and I don't care. Please tell him that it's super important. Please tell him that I have a code. Code red? Yep, code red, exactly. Mm-hmm. I got a code for you instead. It's called code Shut your mouth. She's the star of the season. <laughs> Best new character. She, yeah, she, she should be, team she, up with Billy and go bully more, all the kids. I bet she has a bigger role next season. Cause I would almost guarantee she was, it. She was hilarious. I thought it was good that... Because they try to balance this uh, no cell phone thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... Yeah. You can't have that. You have, And the fact that when they're trying to get a hold of each other... You know, they kind of try to solve some of it with these walkie-talkies. They're like, hey, we, uh, we don't have cell phones, but we have walkie-talkies. Yeah, I never owned a walkie-talkie that could, like, go from the backyard to the front yard. So I don't know how they're doing it all right, across town. Right. But at least they play, kind of coupled that in with the phone and being like, okay, you may be able to try to get a hold of someone, but you're still just going to get their sister who isn't going to give them the message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, this series it's a lot about, you know, uh parental neglect and kind of a the anti whatever the opposite of a helicopter parent is in today's society. These kids are basically left to their own devices and it's about growing up, you know, without you know, great uh, great I mean, supervision. You guys are a little later era than me mm-hmm. a little bit, but that's how it was, man. We ran wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I mean, you be back. You're you're supposed to be back at dark, right? That's it. 
Yeah, there was a lot they of that. I know where the heck up. we were. We were deep in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> or in town. You know, either or. And they didn't know. As long as you had air in your tires, you were gone. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't live in town. I lived in the neighborhood growing up where, you know, we had all of our neighborhood kids and we did everything together and we did go in the woods and we did, you know, our yeah. parents. And I can remember our parents like, all of our parents would just stand like in the front yard and just yell for yeah. us. And you would like hear it and be like, Oh, yep. I guess gotta go yeah. home. Yeah. You know, I, I do remember all that. I, there's just, yeah, this was so much, um, so many things about this that just it brings back that feeling of what it was yeah. like to be a kid in the eighties. So, yeah, basically we're saying it's good even without all the nostalgia that helps, but it's still, it, it's, has a charm to it beyond that. But like when we talk about season one, like that also adds to like, this would be a hard story to do because if they all had cell phones, it was set modern day. Yeah. It would be a different story. So this, yeah, this is a story about losing innocence and faith in these big corporations and the government. Are they lying Mm -hmm. to us? Like it was a more innocent time. So this story, it says not just for the nostalgia, the story, the time period fits the story as well. Oh, that flashback of, uh, from they do a flashback that takes place immediately after season one ends and it's the government has come in and they're interviewing all the players the the kids the kids parents and we see mike's dad standing there whoa you you can count on us you know i'm we're patriots and all patriots in this house i was just i wanted to strangle him i was like oh you were the worst except for nancy She's horrible. Yeah, you're the second worst. <laughs> it's your fault. She's awful. So, so yeah, I mean, was there anything we had? We had Mad Max. We had Erica. We had new Steve. Any of the new characters that you know you could have done? You know, could have done away with. Or? Yeah, the new bully didn't add a whole lot. It, like they, yeah. they had, we had one scene to kind of flesh out his home life. So I, I don't know if there's more. There's kind of the rumor going around online that he's probably closeted gay, but mm. I guess the actor came out and said, nope, that's not, we never talked about that. So people are reading a little more into that. Right. I don't know. He, he was just kind of the cliched 80s bully that we thought Steve was when we started season one, and he grew a little more. I thought there was going to be more to them when they showed up and, you know, mm-hmm. she's not and my wh- sister. And, and stuff. why was he so, so against Lucas? Yeah, well, and like I thought there was yeah, I, yeah so yeah there wasn't anything more to it. Yeah, I I, I kept thinking there was going to be something that wasn't he's racist and their stepbrother and sister, you know, or whatever. I was like, but I, I, that guy just he had charm and charisma too, like, and that sleazy mustache and the greasy hair, like with the I, earring. Yeah, so oh. I, even though he's probably the least fleshed out character, I still kind of enjoyed watching him on screen. Like it was yeah. just he was interesting. Yeah, I, I completely thought he was just there because we all were trying to make Steve okay now. Yeah, we need <laughs> but we need a new Steve. Yeah. So here's Billy, new Steve. Right. So we have totally covered Riverdale and Stranger Things. What are we end about an hour and a half? Hour yeah. ten, three hours. We got like ten minutes if you guys yeah. want to talk about anything. Do you want to hit? We're real... not. We're not going to talk about Thor till no, no, nec- till the next pod when Michael's here. I, I, we've all seen it. I'm sure. You yeah, know, we're going to talk about it then. Um, today, the only other big news. Yeah, go ahead. Go with... to Disney. You tell me why they're great, and I'll tell you why they suck. Well, <laughs> I'm. I'm... <laughs> 
So it looks like Disney's in talks to buy some of the entertainment properties. The good stuff. The good stuff of 21st Century Fox. Yes. He's formerly 20th Century Fox. How, what are we on the rumor to, from fiction to fact, where are we on the dial? We we are, we are right in the middle. Okay. There's talks. Talks and sources and like very vague. This is almost like one of those, uh, leaks to push things along. Um, Mm -hmm. they're, they're gonna get, they're not, they don't want anything to do with the fake news network or the sports, but they just want the media. Right. So do you think this is just mainly a play to get the X-Men and Fantastic <laughs> Four? X-Men, This is Deadpool, like a billion Fantastic dollar corporation. Four. We're just, we need Wolverine back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume. I'm, I'm whatever with it. It's, you know, Disney owns so much. That's now. like buying someone's house because you like their couch. Yeah. Like, we're going to buy right. this $100,000 yeah. house so we can get this thing out yeah. of this one room. But, and, and that's kind of, as an old school Disney fan, I do have a little, you know, I love having Star Wars. I love having Marvel and all that stuff. Having. <laughs> Man, guys, you don't have any idea how much he thinks he is rough running Disney. <laughs> but I do, I do miss the original stuff from them sometimes, like in the parks and stuff. You know, we had rides that they're becoming something else than yeah. what you originally than what I grew up with. with. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot yeah, less yeah. mouse going on. They're becoming like Skynet or something. Yeah, I, this is this is the step where I'm finally like, I don't know how much more I want Disney mm-hmm. to have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, how much more do they? You know, do they really need? They don't. They're getting uh, a little dastardly in their their own selves. They uh, there's been some hubbub recently with the L.A. Times. They like froze out the L.A. Times because. Mm-hmm. They dared report news about Anaheim and and say you know because Disney's got all these deals and maybe they don't pay. Oh, uh, yeah, Seth right. comes out with the left hook. How's <laughs> Cliff going to respond to this one? Yeah, maybe they don't aren't paying their fair share in the area out yeah. there, and so because they reported that Disney did not let them review Thor, and they're <laughs> for, I mean it's that. It's not how you do things, no. you know. And, and that's not how traditionally Disney has done things. Right. Who's doing this? You know, the company is certainly... Nancy? Uh, it could be Nancy. <laughs> or new Steve. Or old Steve. But yeah, uh, as as a company, you know, a lot of these old Disney original higher-ups and guys that come up with the company are now retired or forced into retirement a lot of the, even at the parks, the Imagineers, you know, uh, 20 years ago, there were like a thousand Imagineers. You know, now there might be 24 on staff and a bunch of independent contractors. More legends than there are Imagineers. There, there really are. Well, it's the same way they, you know, all these comic companies for decades were run by people who loved comic books. Right. And they, of course, they had the bottom line in mind, but they also had the integrity and the purity of of comics and the industry, and then as they get old and retire, get forced out, they're replaced with you know bean counters and money crunchers, and yep. it's just I said the fewer companies there are, the more they get swallowed into each other, the less there is to spread out and the less creativity and less competition. Mm-hmm. And I 
I can say I don't like this without being anti Disney or anything. So right, I just yeah. I, I I prefer a wider swath of creativity rather than everything is owned by two or three companies and we'll met it out however we feel like. Absolutely, it. and that goes with everything, just in general as a whole. Um, you know, we don't want these monopolies or one or two companies dictating everything. Just like we don't want. It has to be said. Just like we don't want the Lowe's running Lower Salem. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hey, it's a political block, a, vote, a voting block, and a political dynasty. Everything. Yep. Anyway, had to be said. Um, hey, election day is coming up soon. <laughs> tomorrow, as we record yep. this, and yes, yeah, sister-in-law Valerie Lowe is on the ballot with with three other people, and you can only vote for four for city council. So as long as one person votes for her, <laughs> she's in. But I'm going to watch the results. I can't I wait to see. I assume the mayor gets a vote. I hope so. Her husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a mess. Yeah. They've got a mess in their hands up there. <laughs> it's a house of cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's diabolical. Oh. So forget it. It's lower Salem politics. Speaking of House of Cards. <laughs> uh, well, I really wasn't, but all right. go ahead. While we're uh, in this area, um, there's been a lot of news about Kevin, Kevin Spacey. I'm sure you can get from every other outlet. We don't need to go into all that except that he's turned out to be dastardly also. And so House of Cards may not be back to Netflix. If it is, it may be a spinoff. They were in the middle of doing season six and all this stuff came out. So how did we end? If this was the finale, would the story end? It's so crazy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. I don't even remember how it ended. Okay. I've enjoyed every season, and I would have hoped to add more. I can totally live without it. I'd actually like to see them just continue it with just Robin Wright, who plays his wife. Yeah, they said they may just kill him off between seasons. That'd be great. Like, just start the first episode. Like, well, he died. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. I could see them doing that. They've suspended him from the show, and I'm sure he won't be back. And so, I like the show. Though. So, does so, that yeah. impact? Will you go back and rewatch them? Or did, I mean, oh, I won't rewatch. No. Yeah. There's too much good stuff okay. to watch. I, mean, I loved it, but I'm I will watch anything else they put out mm-hmm. about it. But because no. Seven was on the again Halloween yeah, era, yeah. and the last I tuned in like half hour before the end, I was like. Oh, there's Kevin Spacey, and I, I I don't know. I didn't. I watched it kind of differently. Yeah. And it's it is again. It's still very fresh in the news, so I don't know. Maybe five years from day. now, but for those that don't know, he's been accused of, you know, sexually harassing and um, doing things to a lot. Multiple. <laughs> it's just another. This is the, along with the Harvey Weinstein and everything else. There's a lot of stuff coming out of Hollywood. But you know, I don't flip through the channels and oh, there's Harvey Weinstein in one of my favorite movies. Like you yeah. never see Harvey Weinstein yeah, right. again. It's all yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. So when these bigger name actors, yeah, I think Baby Driver you like, like this year. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 tough. Yeah. It's like I try not to, to judge. You have to separate. Yeah. Some of the art. From the people, because you, you know a lot of these guys are scumbags. Them. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Before we, what stuff we do or don't know, I, I try not to idolize these guys. Yeah. So then I also don't want to demonize them later. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a weird line to walk where you don't want to put them on too high a pedestal, and then when you don't, you also don't want to kick them while they're down because I, I don't know. It just seems. 
Oh, I'll kick him while he's down. Well, okay. He's maybe, scum- maybe him. He's a scumbag, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll still watch movies that he was in that are my favorite movies that he probably wasn't, he was the sole good thing about it. You yeah. Know, he was I mean, a good actor. He put out some good art, but he doesn't, deserve, I don't think he deserves to be in the biz anymore. Right. It's kind of that Michael Jackson thing. You know, he's been dead for like, what, 10 years now or whatever. <laughs> And, you know, Michael Jackson's song comes on, you might like, you might still, you know, sing along to it or enjoy it or whatever, but, yeah, you're not really supporting anything from that time. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure there's more shoes to drop. Oh, my God. More yeah, actors to, to yeah, some, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, just one more, I want to end on something <laughs> else negative about this. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. <laughs> We got time. Go ahead. <laughs> you make time. You can be late. Um, on, uh, Michael talked about that too funny to fail on Hulu. Um, with about the Dana Carvey show. Oh, okay. In the, in the late nineties, and I watched it. Mm-hmm. And it. So I want to start off. This is required viewing for anybody that anybody a fan of the history of comedy. Uh, it's fantastic. He undersold it. I thought it was. I thought it was really great, uh, and basically. Well, what, he did recommend you watch it, so that's he gets that credit. I don't, I don't I, remember any of that. I've never known Michael to undersell anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really great, and you can basically blame Disney. They acquired ABC right at that time. Mm-hmm. Right when that show started, there was only like eight episodes of that show, and that was when Disney acquired ABC, and then it was just too much for the network, and you know, too good, too uh, messy for yeah, Disney too out there to, and so I blame them because it was <laughs> the stuff they showed from that show was hilarious, and it was just magic. The people involved in that show, it's really. Very good. I wonder why nobody picked it up at that time. Well, that didn't really happen back then. If it sure got canceled, it just got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It was not. They shot themselves in the foot from the first minute that show started. There's a lot of good stuff, but they made a bad decision for their first sketch. (laughs) And and it was all downhill from there. But it it was absolutely, you got to watch it if you're a fan of that kind of stuff. That's about it. Let's wrap it up. I gotta go to work. Yeah. Hashtags. Hashtags. I had one I didn't write down. I can't remember what it was, but it doesn't matter. We don't need Dastardly Dilton. We're going with Mo Hawkins. Mo Hawkins. <laughs> that was an enlightened choice. So we gotta run with it. And all those actors are so weird. They all had weird foreign names. Like they all like they all didn't seem like English was their first language. Like all those cats were just yeah. Oh, Joyce's all the way around. It was weird. As always. Even, even the little 80s, 1980s plastic Halloween masks they, they wore were weird. So. Man, this is, your face is a sweat. Oh, I hate them. it cut your eyes. I wore my Stormtrooper mask. I was like, yeah, the edges, the mm-hmm. eye holes that cut you and you can barely breathe. There's like yeah. two little, two little nose, nose holes, holes that didn't match up correctly. <laughs> that would have been true 80s nostalgia if they all took their masks off and were like complaining. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we were like that. Where can they find us, Cliff? <laughs> uh, on the Twitter at the Kapow Podcast, 
udownwithkpp.com. You can find us Kapow on Facebook. Um, you can click, if you would like, you can click our little patron button on our, on our website. Uh, if you want to support the podcast. Well, I, I feel remiss not to point out, I don't know, we, if you keep bringing in swag like you got a fancy new mic stand. I'm trying to inspire everybody else to follow my lead here. Michael's got us in this uncomfortable room. It's or, pretty, it's way better today. It's, it's, it is better today. <laughs> One less person, a little less crowded. But see, we all, we're, we're using the same microphones from episode one of the So Pro podcast. Yeah. Until about a year later, Cliff walks in with a brand new microphone, a little nicer than ours. Mm-hmm. And then here we are, maybe almost a year later. Oh, now no. he's upgraded the mic stand. And here we are still on our same old USB mic. Now, in my defense, when I bought this mic, or got this microphone, um, I think it was a gift from my wife. Michael immediately <laughs> had the matching one. Yes. So perhaps next week, oh, he'll have he'll have the most illustrious microphone stand you've ever seen. This is like an arms race. <laughs> As always, my name is Jordan Lim. I'm Cliff Barnes. What's up? Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. Here we are. So, remember, once you get in there... I'm like, I don't care. You don't care? I don't care. There you go. You're learning, my friend. You're learning. Hey. What? Come on. What? You look great, okay? You look you look great, okay? Now you're going to go in there. Yeah. You look like a million bucks. Yeah. And you're going to slam that. Like a lion. <laughs>